Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> you can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts. Especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond in dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributor. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Not all that long ago, our country was reckoning with the realities of police brutality on communities of color. For decades, we heard the cries of these communities about their mistreatment. The pleasant interactions we've had with the police made us distrust their claims. And not until the availability of cell phone video cameras did we get to see with our own eyes the brutality they were speaking of. As a result, there was a sort of awakening, a shaking out of our perceptions that led many of us to attend racial equity trainings and talks about talks that put us into contact, maybe for the first time with terms like white supremacy culture and books about white fragility. For several years, we seemed immersed in the conversations around race. I've noticed how the energy around this has shifted there appears to be a frustrated exhaustion on the part of white folks who just want a break from having to think about it all the time. As we began to do the work of becoming aware of racism and white supremacy, we discovered that the type of change being asked for was not simply passing a piece of legislation or making some kind of statement, but to instead look inward at difficult realities within us. Realities like the way white supremacy culture lives within our genetics, how it is interwoven in our histories, and the way in which our communities continue to function under its influence even today. When faced with the prospect of diving deeper into the work of dismantling white supremacy, we all seem to hit a collective wall of resistance. It sounded like grumpy sighs of, okay, now what? I've also been sensing this in other areas as younger generations continue to explore the complicated landscape of gender and sexuality. I sense collective frustrations about not being able to keep up. When another identity is added to the LGBTQIA community, I sometimes catch a subtle eye roll combined with a demissive, tired <laughs> chuckle. So too do I notice it when talking about the legacy of colonialism and the role many of our ancestors played in the attempted genocide of native peoples here in America. It seems that we can only handle so much self-reflection before we end up saying things like, yeah, but what should, why should I feel guilty about what my relatives did? I've noticed this kind of bottoming out of energy around adapting, learning, and growing within the ever-changing world. I myself have felt this. I 
I feel it very intensely. As I try to summon some non-existent stamina to be educated on yet another thing. I noticed this quandary recently as I talked with my therapist about the work of therapy. I've now been in therapy for two years. Twice a month, I show up at sessions and talk about my present as a way to look at my past and discover the events that created my current reality. Obviously, this looking back often puts us in contact with past traumas, with struggles, many of which we assumed no longer had the same emotional ferocity as they once did, but we now know still feel like an exposed nerve. We often seek out therapy to address what appears to be a particular issue and may think that once that issue is addressed, we will have completed our time in therapy. Gold star. But we quickly discover, but what we quickly discover is that the one thing is connected to all things, that our lives are like interconnected underground networks tied together, and all of it will be dis disturbed even if we just start with a single thread. I spoke about this reality at Spiritual Direction this week. Yeah, I get a lot of help. Therapy and Spiritual Direction. I do both. <clears throat> and my spiritual director is friend Claire Nail. And Claire offered this image to me as I talked about this reality. She said, it's sort of like you decide one day to finally clean out that messy closet that has piles of discarded and forgotten clothes heaped on the bottom and boxes of old things that made the move with you a decade ago that you've just rather keep on the shelf for another decade. And you do it. You clean it out and you get rid of a bunch of stuff and you begin putting the shirts on hangers back only to lean on the back wall and you fall through into another closet behind the one you just finished cleaning. And inside that closet, are more messes, more boxes of forgotten things. And suddenly the good feelings you had about getting the first closet clean disappear because now you have another one to clean up. This was a helpful metaphor as I appear to be on my fourth or fifth closet. I think once you crash through the, your third closet, you may throw your hands up in the air and shout some expletives because who really feels like doing this for the rest of your life? But eventually, accepting that this unpacking, this ever-present work of going deeper feels less like a chore and more like an opportunity, which brings me back to the conversation about this seemingly collective frustration or hitting a limit on what we can possibly learn and grow from. Perhaps we create an imaginary finish line in our heads. Our Quaker meeting became open and affirming to the queer community. There, we did it. But now we're talking about pronouns and polyamory and noticing that the work of being welcoming to the queer community is ongoing and ever progressing. We wrote a land acknowledgement, and just this summer we were challenged by Native Alaskans to do more repair to the damages Quakers carried out in Indian boarding schools across the country. 
Perhaps the real work is confronting the finish lines we've created. Audre Lorde said, the true focus of revolutionary change is never merely the oppressive situations we seek to escape, but that piece of the oppressor which is planted deep within each of us. Mickey Scott Bay Jones follows up that quote with this simple reminder. Doing the work reveals more of the work to be done in us. <clears throat> Transformation around our understanding of how change works will happen when we stop feeling bitter about it. And instead, seeing the liberation available to each of us, the more closets we fall into. Two years into my therapy work, I often feel like there cannot possibly be more things to confront, to unravel. But hardly a week goes by in my life where I don't make some fascinating discovery that puts the way I am in the world into perspective. The more I'm able to discover the reason why I am reacting to my circumstances, the more I'm able to be in them with loving and compassionate presence. Feeling less grumpy, grumpy and defensive about the change, and instead intrigued about the more evolved version of myself that is in development. The more I'm able to see the ways white supremacy has shaped the way I carry myself in the world, the more I feel able to say, stay present in conversations about race and to go to the places that people of color are encouraging me to go. The more I'm able to see colonialism in my genetics, the more I clearly can see the ways in which it encourages me to conquer myself, to tame the wild and fruitful places into predictable monocultures. The more I see how I've been conditioned to believe in the gender binary, the more I can see that the way it holds me back from fully expressing myself without fear of embarrassment. The shift has been in realizing that familiarity creates a false sense of comfort, while intrigue and curiosity creates a sense of liberation and hope-filled potential. The gospel reading this morning feels like it touches on this reality. The young rich man asks Jesus how to live forever, how to reach heaven, and after he assures Jesus he's done everything that has been asked of him, Jesus challenges him in the precise place he knows he is that is holding him back from his own liberation. His greed. His believing that wealth and status is what makes him lovable and good. Jesus asked the rich young man to go through that closet to sort through this narrative of himself that is holding him back from true transformation. And it was too great of a challenge for him, and he walked away. Perhaps we get too scared to step into transformational liberation because we know it will, it will mean we may be unfamiliar to ourselves after making this step. So we walk away before we're able to step into the type of liberation that we know will change ourselves and our communities. What if we created the brave space here at West Hills for us to do this work and to hold the messiness it will inevitably create? 
Here are some queries for open worship, friends. When have you done the work only to discover that it has revealed more work to be done within you? How are you bumping up against resistance to more liberation for you, your communities, and your neighbors? What assurances can you offer weary people about what lies on the other side of change? Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We're really happy that so many of you are finding it to be helpful and as a way to stay connected with what's going on with us here at West Hills Friends. If you'd like to stay connected with us in other ways, we have a couple options for you. You can check out our website. It's westhillsfriends.org. There you'll find some more information about who we are as a community. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook account by just searching for West Hills Friends. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have a Instagram account with the name West Hills Friends. So we hope that you'll get connected with us in other ways. And again, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast.